The Chautauqua County Legislature approved at its June meeting several resolutions to extend the South Chautauqua Lake Sewer District. We got more details about this project from Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell. We also talked with him about the possibility of Amtrak bringing service back to the county, the future of Bruce Memorial Hospital, and more. We welcome Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell to WRFA Studios today. How are you doing this morning? Great. Thanks for having me. So we both uh, came off a, a long night. The county legislature had their meeting uh, last night, Wednesday, and they passed resolutions to do the phase two expansion of the South Chautauqua Lake Sewer District. So can you tell us more, what is this project going to do? So what the project's going to do is continue the sewer. As anybody travels on 394 West, I like to call it North, but Northwest, if you will, um, along 394, you'll notice that there's stoppages for uh, some construction. That is phase one of the sewer project, uh, which is going along great. It's on budget and on time. And so we're really excited about that. Again, that completion date will be next year. Uh, yesterday's meeting was to establish uh, what we call phase two of the project, but phase one in their that project's life, if you will, lifespan, and establishing a district. So we have to establish that district from the boundaries at Stowe to the southern, western, easternmost boundaries of the North Chautauqua Lake Sewer District. So that piece from Stowe to Prendergast Point has been critical. Uh, that's one of those areas we've talked about, especially now that the sewer is coming into Stowe. And economically, you know, there's a, a lot of economic impact potentially with, with the sewer coming into Stowe and then, you know, progressing down uh, further into Prendergast Point. But yesterday's meeting, a lot of public input, but the public input was... Uh, really, it was welcomed, but somewhat premature in the fact that they're looking at, you know, design and engineering. And we, we had a gentleman who's a former engineer, uh, still an engineer, you never former, but, um, you know, was retired and was asking about the engineering concepts. But we're not there yet. You know, this meeting last night in particular, and as Chairman Shagnon said, was to establish the district you know, the legalities of establishing that district and how it's paid for and, and the debt service, et cetera, and who's gonna be responsible for payment. That was all what yesterday's meeting was about. So a lot of the questions were very good questions, but questions that will be answered in public, you know, hearings going on. And these projects can't take place without public input. Now, not detailed public input, you know, so I, I'd like it here instead of here. And while cosmetically it would look better in this part of my lawn than the other, but we really have to look at, you know, what's in the best interest for the customer and in best interest, you know, for the project. And, uh, you know, as it said, I don't know all the details, but, you know, upcoming, there will be informational meetings that will get all those details out to the residents. Mm -hmm. And to re reinforce for anyone, for anyone listening is that we're talking, we're, we're talking a year from now before oh, yeah. they even get to the design, that design process. Correct. And that's, you know, that's the important part. This, this is done with such meticulous detail. And you're right. It's, we're still in it really in its infancy. We're Phase one, step one, we open the door and now we have a lot of work to do ahead of us. Mm -hmm. One thing I was kind of curious about is that with it, you know, any project takes a, a lot of planning and a lot of time, but when it comes to funding a project, there was a $24 million bond approved by the legislature. How, I mean, I, I already know the answer to this. How much are you hoping that you're gonna get a bunch of money in that where you don't have to use as much as that bond money? We're hoping we can get as much, if not all of it. Uh, you know, with the governor's new push for, you know, clean water infrastructure. And, and what people don't realize is, you know, wastewater is clean water infrastructure. We still are protecting the waters. And again, if you're, you know, when you're in proximity to the lake, if your septic system fails, it, you know, and eventually leaches into the lake. I think I said it the last time I was here, you know, with these expansion projects, we're looking to 
curb nearly a million gallons of, of wastewater going into septic systems that are maybe working, maybe not, in and around the lake. But that's a lot of water going into the watershed, which inevitably goes into the lake and other, other, other water sources. So, you know, although people are excited now is, you know, and things are working, but you don't know when that septic system fails. And it isn't until possibly it leaches into your well, or now you start to have maybe someone sick, something more catastrophic, and then you test, oh, well, the septic system failed and leached into our, our water. So those possibilities are always there, but we're really looking to protect, you know, the residents and keeping, you know, water safe and the water quality at the highest standards. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that's been emphasized is that with this project, once it's completed, we'll have uh, sewer, done sewer along the whole west side of Chautauqua Lake. How, what is left that needs to have sewer? Well, as I say, we're, we're going to kind of wrap around the horn, the upper, the upper basin, the north basin, and the North Chautauqua Lake Sewer District uh, has a large portion of that. And the exact endpoint, I'm not 100% sure. I know it goes to the Chautauqua states on... Uh, the far side of the lake uh, from the Jamestown area. Um, so there's a there's a point uh, from Midway up through Chautauqua Estates, I think is is another area, and then from Midway, but I don't exactly know the details. There's, you know, I'd have to double check with people before I make a, a definitive comment, but really there's, there's really that backside. I call it the north side of the lake. You know, people argue it's the east side. Well, if our lake goes, you know, northwest to southeast, uh, I don't know, <laughs> potato, potato, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, it really, it, we do have to complete. And I've said it, you know, before before we went on air is that, you know, my goal is to, uh, Raleigh Kidder has been a champion for sewer around the lake. And, and my, my hope is in my tenure, you know, that we can get that done and tell them, here you are, we're started. And, you know, you go back and, and you know, what then was anticipated to be a $4 million project 40 years ago, maybe almost 50 years ago now, um, is now, much, much, much greater than that. So, um, you know, I guess looking back, not being critical, but, um, you know, I think a lot of those people are saying, you know, that's why we were pushing it. You know, I know Raleigh and others are saying it's so critical. Uh, Four million was, was a lot back then, but definitely a lot different than what we're looking at now. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, great efforts on South of Chautauqua Center, South of Center, Chautauqua Lake Sewer District, North Chautauqua Lake Sewer District, working together to try to get these projects done. Right. So we, we don't always talk about North County issues on this program, but there have been a number of things that have been in the news lately that ultimately do have impact on the county overall. And first, starting with some economic development news, there was an activity that happened in the town of Dunkirk this week with Americold. Oh, yeah. What a facility. You know, that, that facility has been, you know, from start to finish a little over a year, 181,000 square feet, 100 plus thousand square feet of minus 20 degree temperature. Uh, I'm a pretty warm-blooded person. I, 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 you know, I could sweat in, in the wintertime, but uh, even I uh, would need a jacket if I was working there. Um, but again, and what was so interesting is when we were there several weeks ago, nothing. I mean, the warehouse was empty. Uh, we walked in yesterday, not walking in, but just from what I could see, it was just about filled. And the importance of that is that cold storage facility is operation for anybody who needs cold storage and freezer space in in and around Chautauqua County. But the best part is Wells, which I was told was occupying 50% of the space, has now increased to 90%. So now this allows another business in our community to stabilize their, their workforce. And by I me mean, stabilizing, it's not, you know, hiring a bunch of people in the summer and the, you know, the, the warm months where everybody wants ice cream and then, you know, curtailing it in the winters where now they can make more ice cream on a steady basis and then store it, you know, within a month, it's gonna be shipped out. 
but that's just another economic assistance that we have, you know, in the North County. And, you know, they said, we're hoping that, you know, more people need freezer space and we can expand. So um, a lot of work, uh, you know, a lot of collaboration has gone into it. They were very appreciative of everything that the IDA has done and Empire State Development, of course, helped as well. So phenomenal facility. Um, very state-of-the-art and very cold. <laughs> yeah. Is there space where it's located where they could uh, physically span out? Certainly. And actually, they, they've anticipated that. There is a rail spur that comes in there as well. Uh, one of the neat things they're doing as far as they're you know, reaching out to the community is they're putting a dog park in, obviously for local residents, but also a lot of the truckers that uh, there's a, a truck driver's uh, lounge that's there and amenities for them, but there's also an area for them to take their dogs. Many of them travel with, with animals and, and, and dogs, etc. So, uh, you know, they're, they're looking at making this, you know, keeping their employees and, you know, contractors happy. So uh, a lot of great things, a lot of space to develop there. So, yeah, the potential for a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. Do you, I think we had in our newscast that it estimated about 60 new jobs for yep. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 60 new jobs. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a cold job. <laughs> about it. I'm sure yesterday or the day before, uh, they, they probably didn't mind being in there, but, you uh, you know, the dead of winter, I'm sure they're going to, you know, have some second thoughts. But, you know, really what was interesting is, you know, look at the care they have for their employees. Everybody has, uh, you know, it was issued what we would call a snowmobile suit, you know, uh, uh, pants, uh, you know, low temperature boots, uh, jacket, just phenomenal, you know, how they're taking care of their employees to make sure that they're safe and protected as well. Because, again, you, you don't realize how cold minus 20 is until you're in there. Mm-hmm, indeed. So funny because uh, talking about other um, projects, I- I'm going to get back to another question, but there was a state senator, George Borrello, at a town hall in uh, Dunkirk last week, and he mentioned in the meeting that he was there with you and other officials, and you were talking to Amtrak. And uh, so what, what's the story there? I mean, you haven't heard much about Amtrak lately. Right. Well, to, to be clear, and, and again, not stepping on toes, we, we hadn't talked. I have yet to talk to Amtrak. Um, the only discussion I know that's happened is Amtrak has reached out to the town of Westfield. So in Amtrak's uh, announcement that uh, Westfield is a stop they're considering. Dunkirk, of course, had a previous train station there. It was closed in 1971. And they're looking, and obviously with the economic structure of the city of Dunkirk, uh, would make it for a viable spot. But you know, there was a consultant there that was brought in on behalf of the city and his comment to me was head the counties win tails the county wins which is true we, we win both ways so you know there's a lot of support for the city of dunkirk there's a lot of grassroots in fact i have a meeting this afternoon um you know meeting with people from westfield to again give them they're going to show a presentation as to what they have to offer and at the end of the day what is important is we will have rail somewhere here in chautauqua county secondly uh, a lot of this hinges on csx who owns the rails so Amtrak only rides along those rails. They don't own the rail. So at the end of the day, CSX would have to sign off and then allow Amtrak to have this stop wherever it may be. But it's vitally important to increase that ridership here in Chautauqua County. There's support for the Dunkirk. There's also support for Westfield. At the end of the day, you know, I can't pick the best child, so I'm hoping both It'd be great if both could have it, um, but you look at the stop and the time you know it would take to get from Westfield to Dunkirk, etc. So, at the end of the day, again, a lot of that hinges on our support, but also you know what what West what Amtrak and or CSX decide mm-hmm. to do. 
I don't know if you if you know, and this might be too early, but is there any uh, financial commitment that Amtrak would request from the county, or is that federally funded? We have not heard anything. Um, I don't know if it'll be federally funded. I don't. I do know that uh, you know, in the case of Dunkirk, they would have to uh, build a new station uh, and some infrastructure there. Westfield has an existing station, um, which has been maintained, but then again, you know, we've heard that. Uh, you know, they've had to come in and completely gut, you know, train stations like that that was built in the early 1900s. Uh, a lot of history there in that train station, really neat. I took a tour of it once. Um, but again, how much of that will remain should that become a location? So again, uh, you know, a lot of opportunity. What we did find out was wherever the, uh, whatever station is, is chosen, whatever site is chosen as a stop, uh, the employment uh, will be funded locally. Um, so not sure if that would be a county position, it'd be a town position, we don't know. Uh, but we were told that, that would, uh, the, the employment there would, re would rest on the, the area that it was at. So again, still have to get clarity on that. But um, nonetheless, great opportunity for rail to come back to Chautauqua County. Right, especially you said 1971 was one that closed in mm -hmm. Dunkirk. So we're talking over 50 years now yeah, that we haven't century. had. century. It's been a long time, yeah. 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 So that would be huge news. And thinking about, you know, a, a benefit to having it in Dunkirk is, you know, with the Immunity Bio still working to open and be up and going. I was wondering how that project was going. We're still moving ahead. Uh, we had a meeting, IDA had a meeting with them. Oh, it'll be a little over a week ago now. And they're still moving forward. You know, the interesting piece about this, and I'm learning about this industry, is that, you know, there's a lot of money you spend up front. Uh, you know, you uh, you spend money hand over fist to, after everything's done and approved, make money hand over fist. Uh, so right now they're in, I believe, phase three of, you know, certification for some of these vaccines. It's not a COVID-only vaccine facility. It's multiple vaccines. And Dr. Soon Chung has looked at, as a, as a surgeon, as a, as a scientist, as a doctor, has looked at using your body's own immune system to help fight off disease. So uh, what they're looking at is using your body to do this. So the vaccine isn't as much introducing a chemical, but it's introducing components that will help the body then fight off these var various viruses and disease. So um, again, I'm not even going to touch that. That's way above uh, you know my intellectual level, but really what they're doing is, is a lot of great things. And, you know, not to, people got a concern, you know, they showed, I forget, you know, uh, large losses in the company, but that's, those things are expected as we're told in this industry. And, you know, once these approvals, and they're much further along in approvals than, than is known, uh, once that, those approvals take place, then the production starts. Right now there's over 100 people working in the facility. Uh, and again, they look to ramp that up in the next year or two. So, you know, if you go back to this, you know, when people understanding that the time that these things take, uh, you know, that project started, it was announced under Vince Horgan's administration. It went through Vince's administration, you know, the time from Senator Brella, my two years there, and now, you know, my first four-year term. So it, it takes a while. Uh, and, you know, obviously people hope it goes faster, and so do we. But, you know, these, these bigger businesses and industries like that are, are challenging. And, you know, we're there supporting them 100%, but they're very confident and have assured us that things are moving forward. Yeah. Good update. Uh, another story that's been uh, in the news a lot lately is the future of Brooks Memorial Hospital in terms of, you know, it's currently located in the city of Dunkirk on their, on, I call it on their main drag uh, there on Central Avenue. And uh, looking at moving to another location, 
Again, this is something that Senator Borrello talked about in his town hall. Uh, is there any update or any, what, what is the situation with it? Well, we are meeting tomorrow. Uh, myself, Senator Borrello, Assemblyman Goodell, and Mayor Rosas are meeting with administration from Brooks Memorial tomorrow, tomorrow being Friday. And uh, we're going to sit down and have some discussions. A lot of, uh, a lot of questions uh, to be answered. Um, there's a lot of questions that, you know, we have of Brooks in understanding where they are. Uh, there's a lot of questions that have to be asked by the state. You know, they've committed $74 million. Where is that money? How does that money get attained? Um, and then <clears throat> looking at the, the, you know, the, this hospital project, I am committed, and I will say this again, we need a hospital in the north part of Chautauqua County. It is vital. It, it's, it's life-saving. You can't get away from that. Um, to what level that is, I don't know. Uh, you know, I know there's been a great deal of uncertainty now with mental health. I know City of Dunkirk Police Department, we've been working with them, County Mental Health Department, and, you know, trying to get some assistance because uh, pr previously there was what they call a 939 designation hospital that, that uh, does assessments and acute evaluations. And when they closed Lakeshore Hospital, that 939 or 939 designation then fell upon Brooks. And within the last year, that uh, actually in the last couple of months, uh, that certification has lapsed at Brooks. The problem is we still have people in need of mental health crisis. So our mental, our criminal mobile crisis unit has been uh, instrumental. I know I can't say enough about Lynn Graziano and her team and so many more. I don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, but I know she, along with concert with Trish McLennan and Carmela Hernandez, have been working to assist Chief Ortolano and Captain Wachowski to to get these you know people the treatment they need because there's you know there was an incident with an individual but um, had the proper care and treatment been given would not have escalated to the position that it got so we're we're well aware but th th that's just one facet you know you're looking at trauma care as an EMT for 28 years I'm I'm well aware of of the need for advanced life support areas, especially in the, in the North County and Dunkirk. So, um, you know, it's critical that that hospital remain open. It's critical that we do whatever we can. We need to, you know, talk to the state, get answers um, from the state. You know, I was approached, uh, I was called by the governor's office in January asking, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on this project? You know, we want to get it in the state of the state. We need to get it there, without a doubt. I supported 100%, wrote a letter, I think within 24 hours of that, that request. And uh, unfortunately, never made the state of the state address. And you know, we still haven't seen the money. So questions have to be asked of um, you know, the administration from Brooks, but also from this, the state as well, and find out where we are, what do we need to do to move forward and get this solved? Because the people in the North County, without a doubt, need support services. They need a hospital in that area. Maybe not full service what they were expecting or what they had in the past, uh, you know, based on demographics and data, but it has to stay there in that North County, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And when you're saying North County, I guess that sounds like you you want it no matter where it goes, whether it stays in Dunkirk or if it goes out to Fredonia, like has been proposed. You know, there's there's talks. I think you know one of the articles uh, that was run today in the paper. I thought even Mr. even Mayor Rosa said as long as it's somewhere in the North County, he supports it. Uh, I'm the same way, but you know, I guess in, and I would say in support of Mayor Rosa and his his uh, concern for the downtown areas. You know, what's the repurposing strategy? If they were to move, then what are you going to do with that large building? Uh, secondly, but can that building be utilized? I know in that same article I read today, they're talking about how things have been left um, unattended. Uh, you know, I'd have to look. I'm not an expert, but I know hospitals have yearly evaluations. 
uh, a group called the Joint Commission comes in and does inspections. So I, I'm guessing, um, although it may not be pretty to the eye, it's still functional and meets those criteria. But I can't speak to that. Maybe there, there's been some negativity as far as those reports go and those uh, nice, this, um, excuse me, Joint Commission uh, visits. But having said that, you know, the large demographic supports that community hospital. They walk to the hospital, they're there. I think it was 75% of the patient volume comes from the city of Dunkirk. Um, and 60% of that is supported with Medicaid, Medicare dollars. So very, very critical that that stays. You know, to me, staying in, in the city of Dunkirk, uh, I think that's, you know, something I would definitely support. Uh, but it, should we move? I support that as well. You know, we, but it has to be done in the right way. Um, and the concern I have right now is six years ago was when this money was, you know, this, this plan was sent to the state as far as a building project. Well, anybody knows the cost of a building six years ago is definitely not what it was, what it is now. For that matter, we know that even last year, from last year to this year, the costs are astronomically increased. So we need to focus on that and, and what, what does that mean? And, you know, if you're limiting the, stat, the size of the beds now, if you limit it again, that's even more important. But there are some several leaders, I've reached out to several leaders. Uh, we've discussed creating a commission that are gonna look into uh, multiple facets of, of operation, but that can only happen with buy-in from the administration and the board at Brooks Hospital. Um, you know, We're not looking as a power or a struggle or to take anything over. Um, there's just several uh, ranking officials, former CEOs of healthcare facilities, uh, you know, people that have shown interest in being part of this commission. So nothing definite, nothing formalized, but, uh, you know, from we have, uh, you know, from my office reached out and uh, began to create a commission uh, that are going to look into that. But more details to follow after that meeting tomorrow. Great. We are officially in summer and uh, including with that is the opening of events and seasons for a variety of organizations, including the Chautauqua Institution. They opened their season this weekend. Certainly, yeah, Three Taps uh, commences this weekend. Um, you know, I've been in close concert with uh, Michael Hill, uh, who's done a tremendous job. One of the, the most amazing things that, that I can share is for local residents, you know, the institution has always been this gated area that, uh, you know, believes, uh, you know, different philosophies on things and, you know, we, the embrace that, that Michael has had to open up the institution to the community. You know, yes, during this season, it's a very intense time and there's a lot of high profile people. You know, we've, we've looked at security issues, a lot of really phenomenal, some controversial, but really some great speakers that are gonna intrigue you uh, both intellectually and spiritually. I use this when you ask, you know, people sometimes, you know, say, well, she talk Institute. It's not an institute, it's an institution. And if you think about the word itself, it's this all-encompassing, it's an institution. It's something that has been here for many, many years, over 147 years, I believe 148 now, um, that the annual season has commenced. One of the things they're looking to do is year-round programming. Uh, Deborah Sinea Moore has been brought in as a programming coordinator. She's an amazing person, does a great job. But the other piece that I, I've really been excited about is tomorrow we're going to uh, a ribbon cutting for the reopening of the St. Elmo Spa. Uh, of course, you know, if anybody remembers St. Elmo's Fire, uh, the movie back in the 80s was, um, was thought of after the St. Elmo's Fire, you know, that happened many, many decades ago. And what's happened in that down, downtown plaza, if you will, of the institution, uh, are some great, you know, small shops. I know I was just introduced to uh, two gentlemen who, who came here from Youngstown, Ohio, and brought a, um, a home decor shop uh, called Spruce. 
Uh, Nick and Paul do a great job. It's an amenities that we don't see anywhere here in Chautauqua County. Not focused on Chautauqua Institution residents, but county residents alike. So one of the things we're focused on is not only the season, the intellectual experience that you're gonna see in the discussions and the lectures, but also you know, the opportunity for continual economic growth in and around the institution. A lot of good things, they've got a great vision, uh, a lot of development happening, uh, but really excited. Uh, you know, we're talking about the, the unique things, but it's the concerts, the Beach Boys, uh, the Temptations, the standards that we all, you know, grow and love. Uh, Mary Chapin Carpenter's coming in. So just so many interesting people uh, that come into the, the grounds of the institution. So I invite everybody uh, to get out and really experience, you know, what the institution has to offer. It's, uh, I know I, I'll champion the, the phrase from Michael, you know, they're turning gates into gateways. And it's really, you know, what is happening. But just, I can go on and on about the institution. It's really been a unique place. But the one thing I will say is I, I tell people, you know, it's rare. It's using the acronym um, Religion, Arts, Recreation, and Education. And that are the pillars of Chautauqua Institution and what they focus on. So it is an institution of our county. And it's also a rare gem that... Uh, is try to be duplicated, but really hasn't ever caught on. But we just we just have a, and the people uh, that that occupy those you know those gates inside those gates are just tremendous. Great, thinking of a festival a little bit smaller scale that <coughs> happened last week. We uh, saw uh, an employee of Chautauqua County, uh, the Office uh, for the Aging Services Director, Marianne Spano. She was honored at uh, Yasu Festival last weekend. Well, first of all, just you know, it's great to see the Yasu Festival back in action. Um, I spoke with somebody, actually I spoke to George Spanos, Marianne's husband, and he said it was a, in the very nicest way, it was a zoo on Friday night. There were so many people there, and that's great to hear. Uh, people are back. The Yasu has been a, a staple of this community for many, many years, especially in the Jamestown and surrounding areas. But it shows us that we're back. You know, COVID, you know, we've, we've fought it off. We're not scared of it. You know, we're concerned, yes, but we're not scared of it anymore. We know we can go about our lives and, and get back to, you know, what, what we're used to. Uh, so it's great to see that. And again, you know, Marianne has her PhD in physical therapy. So Dr. Spanos, uh, I couldn't find a more fitting person to get that award. You know, when I came on board as executive, uh, you, obviously, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you have a, a lot of department heads that work for you. And there were some issues that we were focusing on um, of working in silos, you know, different departments focusing on their ears and rightfully so. But one of the things that really inspired me and really you know, took me by surprise was um, Marianne's you know, willingness or real you know, passion to work with you know, everyone. Uh, she found a grant, hey, I, I can't use this grant, but I think somebody can, or here's a grant that's coming our way, let's team up on this. So really, she's always looking out for everyone, not just focused on her department. But again, looking at you know, where we were, our most vulnerable population through the COVID crisis, where our seniors and elderly, and she did a great job of New York Connects setting up those vaccination uh, appointments with them, getting them you know, to the appointments uh, as best she can, and really doing a tremendous, tremendous amount of work throughout Chautauqua County. So great award, uh, great rec you know, a recognition, couldn't think of a more deserving person. Really excited to have her part of my staff uh, and really doing everything she does for our seniors. Great. Is there anything else uh, happening uh, either in county government or countywide that you want to talk about? Chautauqua County Fair. It's going to be back in action this July. It, I was told the dates last night. Um, 
believe around the 17th. Don't quote me. I apologize. I, I, I think the it's committee... the 19th through the 24th. That, no, that doesn't sound right. I think it has to be maybe 17th through the 24th. Yeah. So again, I I'd urge everybody to get out. Uh, you know, really, we heard it. Uh, I heard several different commercials. The 4-H uh, uh, meat uh, livestock auction. Uh, you know, I bought... Uh, Bought my pig last year, uh, just about running out of meat, so we better get back there again. But you know, you look at the local businesses, um, several. Um, you know, I don't want to name, but but many of our businesses in and around Chautauqua County support that 4-H auction that helps the students and the kids continue their lifelong dream, um, getting into you know farming and agriculture. The important thing that that I heard from one of our employers locally was that. You know, when they look back and they see, you know, they, they interview somebody and they look to see they have a 4-H background, they know that person's a hard worker, they know the person is dedicated, they're willing to learn, but also the work ethic is second to none. So really exciting what that, that program brings. There's many, many attractions, obviously the food, you can't go wrong, the amusements, um, you know, different attractions, but, you know, realistically, you go there and see those animals and you look at the students and children. I say students because many were my former students. It was always great to you know to see their animals and, and what they're doing. So get out and enjoy the fair. Uh, really excited to have it back. Uh, I know it'll be. I'm excited. I get to uh, probably be part of that cannon blast to, to, to kick off the fair. So uh, you know little things that we're excited to do. But that'll be interesting uh, as we commence. But really urging everybody to get out and, and really support all of our festivals. I don't want to leave anybody out. There's festivals. I know not only the institution, but Lilydale is opening its season this weekend as well. So get out and support all of our festivals, our organizations, our our spiritual areas, uh, the institution. Um, you know, you really get out and enjoy summer. Great. Well, County Executive Bundle, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me.